0: welcome to the inspirational informational and transparent aviation careers podcast Uh, joining me today is dustin dryden the founder and chairman of volare aviation based out of london oxford airport in the uk Uh, we'll be discussing the future of air travel and how the pandemic has truly shifted flying and what career opportunities have arisen around the world but Before we begin, a quick uh, word from our sponsor, plainenglishsim.com is a sponsor of this episode. That's an app-based aviation radio simulator, and it's an easy way to gain radio proficiency, both VFR and IFR. And they're giving away 10 scholarships guides by using the coupon code PlainEnglishSim plainenglishsim.com. It's a wonderful, uh, both online and also on your devices. Highly recommend checking it out. If you want to get one of those free scholarships, guys, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. Well, on with the show, and uh, I really have the pleasure of of speaking with uh, Dustin Dryden, again, the founder of Valari Aviation, somebody who is truly passionate about aviation. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Dustin.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Dustin, you have a very unique perspective and, uh, on aviation, having been someone who both flies uh, and also has uh, been, become involved in the business side of aviation. But what's interesting about your life is you truly were passionate about aviation from a very young age. I was wondering if maybe you could kind of describe that, how, how you developed this passion for aviation.
1: Uh, It certainly is a a lifestyle of addiction to aviation, I'm afraid, probably slightly almost uh, towards the anorak side, but uh, I've been around it all my life, Um, even from a very young age. My father used to make uh, radio control models, uh, which I I loved as a kid, Uh, and I had the fortune of growing up in uh, in Africa where um, the use of aircraft is, is... you know, more of a requirement than a luxury for travel. It's a, it's the a way of getting around because the infrastructure doesn't exist. So I was exposed to some quite interesting aircraft, certainly from a child's perspective from a very young age, you know, big piston engine aircraft, five counts and things that made lots of noise and, and dropped lots of oil on the ramp, uh, stuff that we don't see anymore. And uh, I think, you know, having seen model aircraft then being exposed to the wonders of flying in probably, the tail end of the, the wonder years of aviation uh and, and then you know slightly later in life uh, my best friend's father was a an airline pilot for, for british airways and, uh, and i've been watching uh a very successful man uh, who used to uh drive his lotus around and be at home a loss and fly a jumbo jet i figured that all of the things i knew about aviation and, and that career was a, was a wonderful way to go what, 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 fun could there be then to play with airplanes day and uh, not have to go to work too often and be able to afford a sports car. And you did
0: that. I mean, you went, actually jumped into aviation at a very young age, actually. Uh, you hear the stories about people saying that they started off with model airplanes, etc. So uh, I, I can't remember what age it was, but I think you were in your teens, right? When you started flying?
1: Yeah, I, th- I was lucky enough to um, get my first uh, solo at 16 through the, the Air Training Corps on a glider and I think I had my private pilot's license at 17 on fixed wing and then helicopters not long after that and uh, commercial licenses um, not far after that. So, yeah, I've been doing it for too long, probably.
0: <laughs> it's never too long, actually. I, we absolutely love aviation. You know, you went on in a different direction, though. Instead of uh, pursuing that passion of flying full time as an airline pilot, etc., uh, from the person that you saw, you decided to get into the business of aviation at a very young age. Kind of walk us through that, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, where you are now
1: um I th- i'm not sure it was necessarily a decision i think like a, a lot of people when you finish a commercial f- flying license uh, i had this uh, idea that i was going to walk straight into my right hand seat dream job with uh, british airways and uh, uh, i timed it perfectly to hit uh, a nice big recession uh, so that that job wasn't available at the time and uh, the job that was available was working for a company in oxford called csc at the time and uh, they had just picked up the Cessna dealership and uh, they had Schweitzer helicopters and being able to fly both of those things that, that was a, a great shoehorn in it wasn't my uh, idea of the perfect job at the time but actually uh, it, it, it turned out to be something that I've done for the rest of my life and uh, I've enjoyed much much more probably than being sat in an airliner for, for, for the whole of it.
0: Yeah, so you actually changed direction like a lot of people are doing now. And, uh, it's, but the thing is, you kept your passion moving forward in aviation and you actually were able to continue that throughout your life and actually build this incredible lifestyle. Um, any regrets, by
1: the way? No, not really. I mean, e- even uh, at my age of 18, 19, when I was uh, working for CSE, it gave me the opportunity to fly. I think uh, nearly everything ever built by certain and Piper. Uh, which you know was a fabulous opportunity, especially in youth, to swan around the place, taking people who were genuinely enthusiastic about going flying and wanting to buy an aeroplane out for lunch and, and the experience of the day, rather than uh, 200 people that uh, are moaning about their rooms So I, I do I do think by pure fluke I ended up being a part of aviation that you know it is still to this day something that people either aspire to or uh, do whenever they can as a hobby. So. Uh, I certainly got lucky.
0: Absolutely. And uh, hats off to you for doing that. So now we've progressed and you are on to this n- new business, Volare Aviation, uh, and no association with Valeri Aviation. A lot of people ask that question. Of course, my name is Carl Valeri. Volare is uh, to fly, actually, in Italian. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting that. Uh, you chose that name uh, for the business, or that name was chosen. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Volare Aviation because you have a, a wide range of different services, and with that, there's a lot of different jobs that are involved.
1: So, yeah, my history through aviation has taken me into most sectors of it. I've been very lucky uh, through aircraft sales, uh, through broking aircraft, through aircraft management engineering, training, so all elements. Um, But the one thing that's been consistent throughout my career is we have always owned either aircraft dealerships or aircraft sales organisations. And uh, Volare was a a natural stepping stone uh, for me after I sold my last business um, into a a rarer part of, uh, um, shall we call it business aviation, in that uh, we buy and sell aircraft, but we carry them as stock. Um, there's a lot of brokers around there's a lot of people that do that, that incredibly well but there's very few people that do it on their own balance sheet and uh, we felt that there was a, a fantastic marketplace for people that could actually come to a showroom a hangar look at a product that was freshly painted with a new interior clear on all its maintenance and that they could actually write a check and fly tomorrow um, usually my experience which is over 30 years now in this business has shown that the whole process of buying an aircraft can be quite complicated and quite time consuming. So we developed a product with Volare that allowed somebody to actually come in, see, touch uh, and get on, pay, buy and fly Uh, and there's very few places that offer that even today.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that actually is very true because the whole process is, is quite a long process normally. And having the ability to just walk into a quote-unquote showroom and say, I want that one and walk out uh, not long afterwards and placing everything in place, the financing, etc. I think that's terrific. Uh, but you do a little bit more than that. I mean, there's not... Uh, there's that, but there's also the fact that uh, you're involved in, in the, the maintenance, et cetera. So kind of give us a little more color as to the different things that you have involved in Velar Aviation. Yeah, so
1: I think, I think aviation, particularly in this sector, has historically been filled with people um, that make it try and look complicated. Uh, they, they, aviation is complicated. But it doesn't assist people coming into the, the, the business for the first time, particularly um, people that are now buying, which we'll probably get on to later, um, to overcomplicate it. Uh, and we present a very clean and easy mechanism for people to buy, then get into an aeroplane and fly. Under those covers, we're able to achieve that because we have a, an airline operating fixed-wing AOC. We also have a rotary AOC. We have a... Uh, maintenance facility that has nearly every single business jet type on it uh, that's in current pro- um, historical production. Uh, we have approvals from nearly 30 different countries. Uh, we also have a training, engineering training school, which allows us to, to rate and grow our own engineers and teach them around the world. Um, we have a paint shop, we have an interior shop, and we do heavy maintenance. So we are a total solution to all elements of business jet aviation. However, we try and part that to one side when we're talking to our customers about our primary object, which is if you'd like to buy an airplane, we can make it happen for you tomorrow.
0: Right. So that private and business aviation, that's a, that's a great way to, to go for many people. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But to understand as far as engineers it's on the, across the pond here in the U.S., uh, mechanics, you're both, I think, a Part 147 N66 shop?
1: Yeah so so we have a engineering approval we could call a, a 145 engineering facility over here and then a 147 engineering academy and we have FAA ARSA and UK approvals on all of those
0: Gotcha, and that again—that's a one-stop shop, which is incredible. And right. uh, and at, for someone who's not in aviation, they don't realize how significant that is. Uh, for those that have been in it for a while and understand the charter side of things, uh, you realize it's hard to find that in in actually a business that it's a one-stop shop.
1: Yeah, if you talk about the complexities that we may experience on a day-to-day basis, we could, for example. Have a phone call on a Monday morning which said, look, I would like to dispose of my aircraft, it's on the ramp in uh, Abuja in Nigeria. We have the ability with our own crew and our own aeroplane to get in an aircraft with a team of engineers, go there, look at it uh, and three days later depart with that aircraft on the Nigerian registry because we have the approvals to work on it, fly it back to the UK, go through the process of re-registering it, maybe do paint and interior, tidy it up, at, um, present it to a customer, and then change it onto the FAA register and deliver it uh, the next week. Uh, m- most organisations, A, can't do that, and B, if you needed to use multiple organisations to do it, that would be a six-month process. Uh, our average turnaround is 30 days.
0: Wow. Wow. That's pretty darn good. 30 days for anybody who's been in that business before. That's, that's absolutely phenomenal. You know, as far as the private and business aviation to explain to say some people that are listening that are new, uh, there is somewhat of a difference, uh, but a lot of times they meld together because the person that's in business aviations, normally a person that can afford a a private aircraft. Is there, do you uh, market towards specifically the business individual or the, the private individual, or is it both together?
1: I think, I think the marketplace has changed so dramatically in the last 12 months. Um, I would have probably used very freely the term business jet historically, uh, and uh, and historically, we would sell our aircraft all over the world, a lot to the US, obviously. Um, and Maybe 20% of our customers would come and visit in person, but uh, the rest of the time they'd send a representative to come over look and then we'd just deliver. Uh, we, we now really deliver what I would call the family jet or the facilitator, uh, and 90% of our customers come, see, touch, try, fly, uh, and then buy. So the whole dynamic has changed. I think historically people would have said that maybe half their use was for business, half was for, for personal use. I think most of the customers we're seeing now are probably at the the tail end of their career or retired um, and genuinely their reason for purchasing is much more like what I was doing in Africa which is you cannot get from A to B now without one the you know 90% of the destinations you used to be able to go to on business class or even just on an airliner doesn't exist and even if you do manage to get there on the day that you want to go there the chance of you being able to come back on the flight you booked doesn't exist so the whole dynamic for ownership has shifted, uh, and I think also, particularly in the UK, that the palatability for a business to own a jet now has changed. The US very open to it. You know, it's not seen as quite the glamorous means of travel as it as it is in the UK, uh, and that dynamic in the UK of being able to justify since uh, um, the Great Big Crash historically is that. You know, our business owns is to protect our employees and my family and allow them to go about what they used to be able to do normally, which isn't normal anymore. Absolutely.
0: I think a part of it that you just said right there is the safety and obviously convenience and you're, open, you're in markets that have gone away. Uh, so as far as that's concerned, as far as uh, business aviation, for the person that's listening that's interested in careers... What's opened up for them? Have, uh, what type of growth have you seen in the opportunity for somebody that's looking at this as a career getting into private and business aviation?
1: Well, we, we've obviously seen a large growth in the sector and we're predicting that uh, we'll see a, a further growth in the sector. Um, I mean, aircraft sales have accelerated dramatically. Uh, I would say that their actual flight time and stuff has been sporadic. so. We've seen huge areas of activity between lockdowns. Uh, At the moment uh, in the UK, it's very quiet because you can't go anywhere um, very easily. So the luxury travel market has certainly condensed uh, and it's limited as to where you go. However, that's only gonna be temporary. And I I would estimate that in the the next month or two, that will change dramatically to uh, people wanting to go absolutely everywhere. And certainly, the, I mean, the airline and travel industry are seeing holiday bookings going off the chart for as soon as people can get out of lockdown. So, we, we've seen career-wise, um, as a business, we've taken on five new pilots in the, in the last month. We've taken on, I think, nearly 15 engineers in, in the last three months. So, you know, it's a sector that's growing. Uh, a lot of the guys we've taken on have been in this sector previously. So, they're coming back to it. They have existing qualifications. But you know the industry will absorb them very, very quickly from the airline world, uh, and I'm certain that uh, certainly from the level of inquiries now, we will go down the route of recruiting more people both in the engineering sector and the and the, the pilot sector from the airline world. So we're never going to be able to mop up what's been put on the market, but we will certainly have a good try at, uh, at making it happen.
0: And in doing that, there is this huge opportunity for those folks that are interested in aviation. One of the things that, uh, and, and getting into something different other than the airlines, like you said, uh, I think your choice of careers was was terrific uh, and it fits you perfectly. A lot of people don't realize that this part of it's out there. But one of the things that I, I'd like to kind of get a, a feel from you for, is th- as far as the actual aviation, as far as business aviation, private aviation, um, can you give some examples of how things have changed? in the current customer base uh, i could start off with one example where uh, you know we have a lot of private aviation here where people are are splitting their travel the ceos are flying on one aircraft and and the managers on another aircraft but they're requiring them instead of flying on the airlines to go in to the private aircraft have you also seen that trend
1: absolutely i mean i think there's there's driven by health appears to be the number one uh, so, people who have significant wealth I- in the UK, who have, ha- have charted historically, occasionally maybe, are, are now immediate buyers of aircraft. And the statistics are, 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 are somewhat depending on how, how you interpret them, but roughly 5% of the UK population that can afford an aeroplane own one. So, the marketplace available to, to potential buyers is, is very large. Um, I believe that you know chartering is still problematic in that it doesn't give you the same uh, security as this is my crew, they are here and my aeroplane is sat just up the road from me and if I need to leave because the rules are going to change tomorrow, I can leave tomorrow. So charter is a solution but it doesn't give you the same as being able to test your crew, fly in the same bubble, have all of those things and generally people later in their careers are at high risk, and if you can afford it, why wouldn't you? Um, I think the second market we've seen, uh, and it's been slower, but I think it will probably become the bigger market over the next 12 months, will be industry. Um, Those industries that uh, you just can't travel anymore. Uh, a good example of an industry where you'd struggle at the moment is I have a mine in uh, Angola or I have oil drilling in Angola. Uh, uh, how do I get there? You know, those sort of flights don't exist. I need to go into Nigeria to do this or I need to go to Kazakhstan. I've got to pick up my helicopter parts in Russia. Impossible at the moment on an airline. Just c- cannot be done if you wanted to do it. Uh, and that that marketplace will without a doubt be our biggest marketplace and will continue for a significant amount of time. Um, but I think that that's a slightly more cautious entry into this. And I think we'll see a, a lot of impact from that in the next 12 months.
0: For more entries into this business of private aviation, do you see that more p- people that are purchasing are looking towards more the managed aircraft where you supply the crew and do all the maintenance or, or are they thinking of going out on their own?
1: No, I think, I think going out there on, on its own has had its day long ago in Europe. Uh, the level of complexity of managing an aircraft in Europe and the, and the tax and VAC um, issues when doing it on your own. Uh, uh, a, it's an incredibly complicated. And B, to be honest, you just don't get the buying power of a larger operator and you'd be shooting yourself in the foot trying to achieve it. It's, it's, not, it's nowhere near as cost effective to do it yourself as it is to give it to somebody else to do. So I think... I think that ship has long since sailed um, within a, in the European market and I also think that you know a good operator is worth its salt. They will, they will hide a millennia of problems from you uh, and make the experience pleasurable. You know, telling, telling the owner how complicated it is to do something is not what this industry should be about. It should be you pay your money and it happens.
0: Yeah, and that's similar here in the U.S. And, and around the world that it's going that route. There are a few companies large enough to have a large uh, flight department, but uh, a company like Valari Aviation is definitely the route to go. Uh, kind of Like you said, it's a one-stop shop. Find the plane, manage the plane, and all I need to do is uh, show up and tell you when I'm going uh, and where I want to go. And that's terrific. And that's something that I feel, and I'd like to hear your viewpoint on this. I think that's something that's going to grow in the future. I, I, I do know uh, business aviation is going to come back in the airline world. But it's going to take a lot longer. Normally, in the airlines, you see first it's personal uh, travel, uh, visiting friends and relatives. Uh, you can't, uh, you know, put a substitute uh, for a Zoom call for a birthday party, etc. But there are certain things in business you have to do in person, and I feel that is going to come back. I'd like to hear your opinion on that.
1: I think that uh, you know we we will see businesses at certain levels and tiers of, with employees travel less because repetitive business can be done, like we are over Zoom now very well, but, but getting to know somebody for the first time over Zoom, uh, understanding their body language, the environment they function in, uh, and then going to buy something or look at a business or understand how something works in a different uh, geographical location to normal, it's impossible over, over Zoom, it can't be done. And you know, if you're going to spend a large amount of money on, on buying a company or property or any of the things that uh, we've, we do over the years, it's incredibly difficult to do that by wandering around with an iPhone. You know, you just will never get that same level of comfort. The feel and touch is, is never going to disappear completely. I, I can't, maybe I'm old, but I can't see a world where, where that's, where that's going to disappear forever. I certainly function in a business that is incredibly relationship based.
0: Most definitely, and and if uh, anybody's listened to me here on this uh, show before, I've always said uh, people buy from people, they hire people, and there's no substitute for being there in person. There's a lot of conversations you don't have, like us over here on Zoom. We can't just go out have a cup of coffee, look at an airplane, and get to know each other as as well as we can in person. And and remember that as people hire people, people buy from people, and it's those relationships that are incredibly important. And you're right, you can't really build those on a Zoom call, can you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so.
0: so, as far as the the future of air travel, uh, I know it's going to change. Uh, things are going to be a little different for a while. Um, but I'd like to know, and obviously you don't have a crystal ball, but like your predictions as far as the future, both on the, on the airline world and also private aviation, do you still see this trajectory of growing in the future?
1: I do. I mean, I think certainly in the, in the private aviation sector, if we see Um, the expansion or the continued expansion that we're seeing at the moment which is what I predict will happen certainly over the next 5 years um, Economics 101 says uh, as the market price grows uh, the cost point should come down so if it's well serviced and and it grows the cost of people owning these aircraft and operating them will come down uh, which creates a better marketplace for everybody and is good for the customer so I think that's an exciting prospect Um, I think technology will have a Have a a lot to play going over the future, Um, particularly in the rotary wing. We're starting to see electric aircraft. um, And and we're also starting to see hydrogen powered and also biofuels. Um, I'm I'm not absolutely convinced about electric aircraft, but I think hydrogen has a has a huge, huge um, possibility to impact what we do on a on a day-to-day basis in this industry. Uh, And automation now, whilst infringing on my old age and the, the thing where you'd like to see a person in the front is arguably better equipped to fly aircraft than, than I am these days um, so ha- at what point people would be comfortable sitting in something without a pilot in the front I don't know but obviously that's going to be transformational again to, uh, to, to the way in which we operate and I, I, d- I don't think we're far from that
0: No, I don't either. I think uh, we're going to see a shift. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get away from actually having, you know, the captain of the ship, somebody who's making decisions because there's all those other decisions they have to make besides flying the airplane. But we've seen the engineer. You've seen the navigator go out of the airplane, uh, you know, uh, plane, I, fi- I primarily fly. It's all fly by wire. I mean, it's, uh, you know, basically I, hit, I can hit a button and it can do just about everything through the entire flight. Uh, but but with that said, um, there, it's going to evolve and there's going to be more jobs in aviation, just like in every other industry, things evolve. Uh, but uh, anyway, the, you know, one of the things that I, I really like about you, Dustin, is that you've kept moving forward and changing with the times. I'm really excited about uh, Valar Aviation and the fact that it's going to be moving forward in the future, one-stop shop. But if you're uh, talking to somebody, say a young person or even a middle-aged person that's thinking about maybe shifting into the world of aviation, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that, that really is passionate about aviation, but's not in it right now?
1: I think uh, particularly in the sector that I work in, it's one that you can never get into too early. Um, I have a seven-year-old son whose passion in life is appearing in the hangar and interfering with everything that's there. Uh, I have uh, now engineers that I've worked with for 15, 20 years whose sons are starting apprenticeships with us. And I think it is very much a touchy-feely industry where if you can get your foot in the door at any level – um, you know, you, you, it's an incredibly satisfying business. It's it's so addictive. I, I turn up every day to, to work with a smile on my face. I have a hangar full of jets, helicopters. I have a 1942 Harvard under restoration. You know, it's, it's boys' toys paradise in there. And I have an amazing team that many of whom have been with me for a long, long time. And it's a growing team that also really enjoy coming to, to work at, at the moment. And uh, I, I think... That anybody that operates in this sector's got to be passionate about it. You've got to want to be with the people that are there. It's a bit delinquent in working hours. Whether you fly in it or work in an engineer, you you know you, you have to you have to give your uh, ounce of blood here and there in order to, to get that level of satisfaction. But it it also gives back. You know you get to travel the world. You get to meet amazing people. It's a uh, it's a hard business to fault. So, you know it's there's a lot of opportunity, but it's what you make it.
0: It sure is. And boy, you know, while you were talking, I could think about uh, the young Dustin uh, working on models and, and those models and the airplanes. Uh, they may look different. They're a lot bigger. Uh, but that uh, passion is still there. And I'm sure when you're there, you still look at it through through a child's eyes. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming here, Dustin. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Valari Aviation as far as, uh, you know, other than uh, being a true passionate aviator and someone who is innovating and is a one-stop shop. uh, They can find you on the internet at valariaviation.gg, valariaviation.gg. And uh, we'll also have links to the website and Instagram down below. Uh, But real quickly, a summary of what Valari Aviation is and does, and uh, for those that are interested, where they can find you.
1: Our main driver is to make aviation simple to people that haven't done it before uh, and for people that have done it before to make it even simpler. Um, we we work in an extremely transparent way but without showing all the difficulties that go on behind the scenes. We want people to buy these aircraft and enjoy them. It, it should be a pleasurable experience owning an aircraft. It shouldn't be like a boat where the only day you're happy is when you buy it and when you sell it. There are things that can can take you anywhere in the world, you can work with a good team, and you can love them. And 99% of my customers adore their aircraft beyond anything, even though they can't even fly them at the moment. One of my customers has still looked to come and see his aeroplane, knowing that he can't go anywhere for the next month or so. so. I think if you can get that balance where people are well-educated when they're coming into this market about how much it's going to cost, what you can and can't do with it, and then once they've got to the position where they own it, just to make it easy for them, and it can be easy and it should be like that. And uh, if people enjoy what they do as much as I do within the sector, it, you know, it can be a very rewarding thing to own an aircraft.
0: Yeah, it sure is. And Dustin, I really appreciate your coming here from uh, that passionate young age till now. Uh, truly been somebody that's uh, been an aviation and an innovator. And we're excited to see more about what Valari Aviation is doing in the future. Uh, really, thanks again for, for being here.
1: Pleasure. Thanks so much.
0: And, you know, if you're watching this or listening to this right now, uh, if you could, do me a favor and uh, let us know if you like this type of format and this interview. We love bringing these passionate aviators to you here at Aviation Careers Podcast. Please go to the show notes and link to all those different uh, links that we talked about, uh, gg and also their Instagram account, some really cool pictures. By the way, he talks about some neat airplanes, awesome pictures out there on the Instagram account. I really highly recommend you checking that out. But the most important thing is that you know we talk a lot about the future we talk about aviation one of the most important things you need to do is don't stop now when you turn this off don't stop it could be something really small that you do afterwards it could be something large maybe signing up for a course reading an article but one thing i want you to do for me and for everybody else in aviation to help move forward is take one step today to move forward in your career in your life we'll talk to you next episode safe flying out there